Adia. Who's that? It's me. Ah. I can't see you. I know my camera's <laughs> off. <laughs> What's up? Um, we just had a really nice brunch. Oh, fun. That's that was nice. Yeah, it was so nice. Mm -hmm. That sounds really stuff. I just went to visit my grandparents. I sat in their garden. Oh. Yeah. Oh, actually, is our exetna on? Hi, Rabbi. Okay. Hello, people. Can you hear? Yeah, yeah Rabbi. Okay. Great. Let's see, Jenna and Batya. Yeah, okay. I have a message. I was just visiting my grandfather, um, Ray Hertz, and he says he sends his regards. Oh, thank you. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's very special. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, we're going to start in a minute. Yeah, we're going to start. Uh, we have here Hannah Tivia, Jamie, and Sarah from the women's program. You remember them? I think so, vaguely. <laughs> Vaguely. Just about. Well, they are here. Oh, I was going to get you. Let me see if I can screen share my notes. Uh, let me try to remember how to do this. You open, uh, open another tab, right? Oh, please click open meeting. Oops. Support. I just I turned it off. Oh, there it is. Okay, we here. Good. Okay. Um. Jen and Batu, do you have a Sidor? I can get a Sidor, but I don't have a Tilas Hashem in my house. Do you have a Sidor with English and Hebrew? Yeah. Okay, that's good enough. Because okay. I don't want to try to share my screen now. Because... Uh, want to bring me a blue Sidor there? We can have one of each Okay, no, I got one here. Beautiful. Okay. Okay, so uh, this week we are going to start with the first, are you people here? Yeah, we're going to start with the first of the 19 brachas. So if you remember, we set up as a the Anshe Knesset Sagdoila established tefillah in general, in particular the Nusach of the Amidah, which Amidah is the expression in the Zoyar, generally understood as the Shemene Esrei, which is now 19 brachas, not 18 brachas. And we, last week we looked at the Gemara, where it's divided up in the three first brachas, which are Shevach or Shvach, the praise of Hashem, 
and then the middle 12 or now 13 brachas, which are requests, it's uh, um, about six personal requests and six requests on behalf of the community. And some are material requests and some are spiritual. And then finally, the last three is Hoidoya, which is thanking Hashem. So today we're going to look at the first bracha. And uh, I hope you guys have Sidurim with you. And that way it'll be much easier to follow. So the first bracha is known. Every bracha has a name. It's in the Gemara. Now, the English Tehillah Hashem does not have a label next to each one. But in, uh, for example, the art scroll or others, I think the Koran will label each of the brachas what they are. So the first bracha is Oves. What's Oves? Or in Ivrit, Avot. What does Avot mean? Oves? The father, the fathers, the patriarchs. In other words, the first bracha, we look at our history. What is the qualities of our forefathers? And what is the merit that we can, sort of the roots that we can look towards? So, however, before we even begin the Shema Nasra, before we say the first bracha, there's one posuk. And we quote a posuk from Tehillim, Perak Nun Aleph, 51. And what is the pro- bro- posuk? You all know it. Hashem, Sfosai Tiftach, Ofi Yagid Tilosecha, My Lord, open my lips and my mouth shall declare your praise. So, firstly, we'll put aside there is a bit of a halachic question. How do you insert a verse between Goal Yisrael, which is Geula, and the Shmeinesra, which is Tefillah? In other words, you're not supposed to make any interruption. But without the Chazal understood that this verse is part of the tefillah, the preparation, and therefore it's not an interruption. But what is the meaning of this verse? So perhaps a way of understanding it is that when we're standing before Hashem at the Amidah, so we have Psuke de Zimra. Psuke de Zimra is all the verses of praise. And that is looking at creation, looking at the sophistication of creation, looking at the awesomeness of Hashem's world in so many ways to try to come to a consciousness and awareness of Hashem. You know, it's the idea of sitting on the mountaintop and watching the sun rise and coming to an awareness Hashem's world is incredible. So the entire tefillah is a build-up to a place that I become more aware and conscious of Hashem. And that's why preparation before tefillah is so important. Because if we're, before davening, we're eating and we're going to the bank and we're doing our business and we're doing our social life and taking care of our Facebook and whatever other things people might do with their lives, it will be very hard to have the consciousness and awareness. But with the proper preparation, we're going to have far greater consciousness and awareness of Hashem. So the idea of Amida is standing before Hashem in silence. We pray in hushed tones, quietly, 
And the idea of that is kol dumoma daka, the still and silent voice. The kol dumoma daka. And it says when we stand in the Shemay Esra, the Amidah, the Gemara uses the expression, it's often quoted in the Chassidus, ka'avde kame more, like a servant standing in front of his master or the king. Now for us moderns, it's very, un- it's very difficult for us to understand what does it mean a king? What does it mean to be totally in awe? But even everyone's had that experience that you're, you meet someone of great importance, you might be tongue-tied. Even as perhaps as foolish, we might have a really important meeting. The most important business meeting or the most important interview for your first job. And suddenly you're tongue-tied. There's a, there's a sense of awe. Now, obviously, it's not the greatest example. But this idea that we can be tongue-tied, we can't express ourselves as soon as we recognize the awesomeness of Hashem. How can we speak before Hashem? So we have the idea, I want to speak to Hashem. I want to connect. I want to have a relationship, but how? So we have, we, we have a preamble, a verse. Hashem sfosaitiftach, open my lips. It's somewhat passive. The active, the proactive aspect is I'm standing before Hashem, but I recognize to be proactive and truly express myself. The self gets lost in the awesomeness of the moment. So Hashem sfosaitiftach. Again, it's passive. And my mouth will utter the words of your prayer. It's almost as we cannot say it ourselves. Even the prayer, Hashem, please help us. You know, we often talk about a mikveh as a place of purifying, tahara. In general, one of the modes of purification from impurity to purity is going to a mikveh. The idea of a mikveh, one of the ideas is we, how do you say, dunk? We submerge in the water. And when a person is submerged in the water, at that moment, so to speak, we're not living. Because in truth, we can't live very long underwater. And the idea of coming out of the mikveh is the birthing process of a new person. So that new person, that transition requires going to a place where we are totally nullified. We don't exist. And that's why when we, the word tefillah, tet, bet, yud, lamed, hey, tefillah, me is the same words as bitul to be nullified. Bittel and tefillah is to be nullified. Submerging in a place where my ego is not predominant. And I'm totally conscious of something greater than me. And that's why when we become more conscious and more aware of Hashem, suddenly we don't have the words. We say, Hashem, open up my lips. And somehow, in that unconscious fashion, 
because I'm so given over to you, I will automatically have that higher level of consciousness to praise you. I just want to mention one, one other explanation to the word Sfosai. Sfosai means Hashem Sfosai Tiftoch. Open my lips. So the word Sfosai is lips. Now when you go to, you take a bus from Yerushalayim to Tel Aviv and you go to the beach, or you can say I'm going to the Chof, to the beach. But you can also say to the Sfatayam. What's Sfatayam? Sfat is the border of the sea. So what is the lips? The lips is like a border. That's why we have lips, to create borders. So not everything we think we should say, especially if it's not going to be the right words. We have borders. Hashem Sfosai Tiftach. Open up my borders, my limitations. I might be insignificant. I might have limitations. Open up to a greater consciousness to my true potential. Hashem Svasai Tiftach. Remove my borders and open myself up to my real potential. And that leads to a, another important idea that Oh, to keep this meeting running, please assign a host. Hmm. You know how to do that? Sorry. Sorry, we just have some technical issues. I don't know how to do that, but I think it's not, I think it's fine. Okay, it's continuing, so we'll just continue. So the brachas are called Hashem, uh, sorry, so the first bracha is called Oves, or Avot. So it's also known as the bracha. How does the bracha conclude? If you look at the conclusion of the bracha, and the conclusion of the bracha means that that is the most important aspect of the bracha. It says, Baruch Atah Hashem Mogain Avraham. What does that mean? Blessed be you, Hashem. Right? The shield of Avraham. So, Mogain Avraham, the shield of Avraham. So, we have two ideas. The Ovois means, is referring to Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. And soon we'll see the beginning of the bracha refers to Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. But the conclusion refers to only to Avraham. So where does this bracha Mogen Avram come from? So the Medrash tells us, we all know the history, and it's a well-known Medrash, that Avraham was a young child 
some say three, some say he was older at 48, different ages are brought down in the, when he started to search for a superpower, the first mover for God. And he searched and looked for the truth. And he wasn't satisfied with the paganism of his time. And we know that Avram's father, Terach, was a leading idol worshiper who sold idols. And you all know the story that he was in charge of destroying many of his father's idols and put the axe in, uh, in the hands of one of the idols. When his father complained, what are you talking about? It was this idol who destroyed them. What are you talking? How's that possible? But soon his movement started to grow, this new religion, this new movement. It was the movement of monotheism, of one God, of one power. And as the movement started to grow, it caused tremendous havoc in the culture of the time. And Nimrod, who was the all-powerful king in Mesopotamia at the time, you know, every government is always threatened by any new revolution, any new uh, religion. So he was a threat. So he was thrown, as you know the story, he was thrown into the furnace. And the miracle was, Hashem protected him, he survived. But when he was thrown into the furnace, the, the angels cried out to God, Baruch Hashem, Mogain Avram, who shields Avraham, who saves Avram and shields Avram from the terrible furnace. But why do we begin with the Avot? Because we feel somewhat unworthy to stand before Hashem with our own, um, um, to stand before Hashem with our own uh, merit. Because perhaps we're lacking. And perhaps we look at ourselves in the mirror and say, I'm not perfect. And perhaps I don't deserve all the blessings. But when we begin the blessing, we say, Baruch Hashem, we are children. We have received this great inheritance of the faith of Avraham, the faith of Yitzchak, the faith of Yaakov. They have tremendous merit because Avraham sacrificed his life. Avraham was totally dedicated. Avraham was totally, he found Hashem with tremendous love. And that love and that dedication, he was able to give to his generations, to the children and grandchildren in the following generations. So when we stand before Hashem, your battery is running low. Yeah. Sorry about that. The battery was going out. So when we're standing before Hashem and we say, we're not standing by ourselves here. I might not be worthy. I might personally not be a spiritual giant, but I'm sitting of the, on the shoulders of spiritual giants.
Therefore, we talk about first and foremost the Avot, the virtues of the Avot, how they discovered Hashem, how they were dedicated to Hashem. They were ready to sacrifice their very lives for Hashem. They brought the oneness of Hashem to the nations of the world. So we begin with the Ovis. But let's look closely. We say, Baruch Atah Hashem Elekeinu, blessed be you Hashem. So firstly, what does it mean blessed? Blessed is meaning Hashem is the ultimate source of all blessings. Because Hashem is omnipotent and omnipresent, is infinite, He contains all the blessings. What is the word Baruch related to? So one of the explanations is, that Baruch is related to the word Brecha. What's Brecha? A pool or a reservoir, right? Hashem is the reservoir of all blessings. Baruch, you are blessed and you are the source of all blessings. Brecha, Bet Reish Yud Chof I can't hear. We're on the first blessing. Yeah, yeah. Take a sitter. Grab that sitter. Look at the fisherman answer. I, 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 the on the notes that I gave you is the blessing. Print it out. You didn't get a note. Oh, you, okay. So here's actually blessing in Hebrew and English. Sorry, guys, I didn't share the sheets. But after the class, I guess I could uh, send it to you if you want, all the sources. So uh, that is the idea of Baruch Atah Hashem. And the idea is Atah, we, we're standing before Hashem. We direct our prayers to you directly in second person or first person, Atah. And then what do we say? There's an interesting nusach here. The text is interesting. We say, Elekeinu, our God. Then we say, Velekei Avoteinu, and the God of our fathers. Elekei Avraham, the God of Avraham. Elekei Yitzchak, the God of Yitzchak. Velekei Yaakov, and the God of Yaakov. That's strange. We could just say, Elekeinu, our God. Elekei Avoteinu, the God of our fathers. And then we could say, Elekei Avraham Yitzchak the Yaakov. And the God of Avraham Yitzchak the Yaakov. But what do we say? Elekei Avraham, Elekei Yitzchak, Elekei Yaakov. The God of Avraham, the God of Yitzchak, the God of Yaakov. What do you mean? It's the God of Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. You hear? What does it mean? Elekei Avraham, Elekei Yitzchak, Elekei Yaakov. Just say simple. Elekei Avraham, Yitzchak, Yaakov. So if you think of it, Avraham discovers Hashem. He went on a philosophical quest. He went searching for Hashem. He was a revolutionary. He created a movement. Thousands of people joined. Avraham Megayeres Anoshim, Sarah Megayeres Anoshim. 
And his focus was Ava, love. His tremendous love, his tremendous Achnosis Orchim. He's known as the epitome of Chesed of kindness. Avraham Oyhavi, the Novi says, Avraham, my beloved one. Who was Yitzchak? Yitzchak is a very, very different story, a different pathway. Yitzchak wasn't the revolutionary. He was born into this. That's a challenge for itself. It's a challenge to be a revolutionary. It might be even a greater challenge to be born into it, to be living under the shadow of Avram. Correct? So here he is living under the shadow of Avram, and he's a totally different personality. As Chassidus and Kabbalah talks about, he's a Gevura personality. The in, I would imagine, you know, I don't know, an introvert, quiet, reserved. He didn't travel the world like Avram, bringing in new adherents. I believe it even says that once Avram passed away, all these adherents left. They didn't follow Yitzchak. It was a different personality. Very, very different. But there was something very powerful about him, the self-sacrifice. We always talk about in the tefillah, akedas Yitzchak, the binding of Yitzchak. The self-sacrifice that he was ready to give up his life with, what's the word? Equanimity? Equanimity. Just, he was there. He was Kaddish. He was this holy figure. It says that Yitzhak went out to pray in the field. I imagine Yitzhak as someone who was a little bit more introverted, a little bit more of the, the person, he was the Amudat filler, right? Avoda, the meditative type. One who was ready to sacrifice his life, but in a very different way than Avram. The point he was very different. The point is he was different from Avram. Yaakov, Yaakov too was different. If you just think of, firstly, in Chesidus and Kabbalah, Yaakov is Tiferes. It's the synthesis of the lives and the pathways of Avram and Yitzchak. Yaakov is, if you think about his life, he's always dealing with so many different struggles. The struggle with Esau, Esau the struggle with his uncle Lavan, and Lavan deceiving him. He has to get involved in the business of all the cattle and uh, the, the sheeps and the blemishes. And then later on, uh, he has the pain with Rachel and, and, and the wives. And then the pain of Yosef being kidnapped. He has a life of trouble, a life of challenges. And he could easily say, I deserve this. I'm Avram's grandson. I'm Yitzchak's grandson. Look what I've done for you, God. This is what I deserve. Yet he was always there with God, serving God, but totally different from Avram and Yitzchak. So we have three very divergent and unique pathways. Abraham symbolizing 
kindness, Yitzchak, Isaac, the gvura, the sort of the introspection, strength, and self-sacrifice of Yitzchak, and Yaakov, the truth, the ability to struggle, adversity, whatever it may be. So what is the tefillah telling us? Elekei Avraham. It could have said, and in language it would make sense to just say, Elekei Avraham Yitzchak Yaakov, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's what would make sense. It doesn't make so much sense to say the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. But there's a very powerful lesson here. Each one served Hashem in a different way. In other words, each one had their own personal relationship with Hashem in a different way. So therefore we say, Elikei Avraham, the God of Avraham, the way Avraham served Hashem. Elikei Yitzchak, the way Yitzchak served Hashem. And Elikei Yaakov, the way Yaakov. What is it saying to us? How do I own? What is my personal service of Hashem? That is what is critical. We have to forge our own personal relationship with Hashem. And we might not be an Avraham personality. We have some of his energy and we have a Yerusha from him, but that's not who we are. Now, we continue before that. What do we say? Remember, we said the Nusach is Elekeinu, our God, the God of our fathers. Chronologically, what makes sense? We should say like this. Elekei Avateinu, the God of our fathers. Elekei Avraham, Elekei Yitzchak, Elekei Yaakov. Then we should say, Velekeinu and our God. Because chronologically, we're going historically. You begin with Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, and then my God. So there's a very powerful message here. There's two types of relationships. Sometimes, why am I involved? Why am I involved with Judaism? What do you mean why? I believe in God. I believe in Judaism. Why do you believe in Judaism? Why do you believe in God? I grew up with it. That's what I learned in school. That's what my parents taught me. My parents taught me to be observant. My parents taught me to be pious. My parents always spoke to me about God. I have this God conscious. Why? Because that's what I learned. That's one way. And in a sense, we all have that because that is our Yerusha, our inheritance from God, from our forefathers, from Abraham, Isaac, and Yitzchak. But then, David Melech said to Shlomo, to his son, King Solomon, and he said, Da eselekei avicha. Know the God of your fathers. 
You know about God because he's the God of your father. But I'm telling you, Da, you should know him. You search for God on your terms. You find God. You struggle to understand, struggle with your challenges in faith. Work on trying to understand who God is. Create your own personal relationship and your awareness. So first and foremost, so on one hand, there's something very, very powerful about the faith that's ingrained in your blood, sort of as a child. That's very pure. That's very powerful and can carry us very far. But on the other hand, there are times that we might have the faith that we were born with, that we grew up with. We were taught about believing in Hashem, and we just have it innately, and that's very beautiful. But it can be easily challenged. So, And the problem with that faith is it can be there, but it doesn't necessarily mean who we are. In, using the language of Chassidus, it's makif. It's not really me. I sense it. I'm aware of it. Chassidus always gives the example. I love the example that Chassidus always quotes the Gemara in Brochus. Ganva pum machtarta rachmonakaria. The thief, when he's about to break into the house, he prays to God, God help me, I should be successful. That's the most illogical, absurd prayer that any person has added. You're just about to do an act that is totally contrary to the will of God. Hashem says, you should not steal. The guy is about to break into the house and steal. What does he say? God, please help me be successful. Because there's a disconnect. So we call it a disconnect. Chassidus calls, there's emuna, and it's real emuna, but it's makif. It's sort of out there, but hasn't really permeated who I am. So the person, the ganif, the thief, is ready to steal. He believes in God and he's going to steal. Now the truth is, everyone has this disconnect to some degree. This disconnect, this makif amuna we all have. It's all our challenge. But the posuk says, Chassidus takes this posuk very, very serious. Chabad is all about know God on your terms. Use your intellect, your emotions, your personality, your, your character and your talents to become aware and know God. So therefore it says, and therefore the Nusach is, Baruch Hashem, Elekeinu. Our God, my God, the God that I have created a relationship, that should come first because that is most real. But at the same time, we also need to, to uh, delve deeply into the inner faith of our source. Maybe a, a way to understand this, I don't know if you know what a, a trust baby is. You know what a trust baby is? Right? If you have, let's say, if someone has a grandparent who's a billionaire, right? 
your grandparent owns Facebook. I don't know. Your grandparent owns, well, once a time, time I would say Boeing, but I don't know if that's a billionaire anymore. <laughs> but, right, so they leave money for the grandchild in a trust fund. Let's say $100 million. So that grandchild is born at 10 years old, has $50 million or whatever in the bank. Does a child ever have to work? Not really, right? So it's a blessing and a curse, you know that. So that $100 million in the bank is a trust. We all are trust babies. We all have $100 million, not physical dollars, spiritual dollars in the bank. It's Avraham, Yitzchak, Yaakov, Sora, Rivka, Rachel, and Leah have given us an inheritance which is incredible. There's only one problem. If you want to draw out that money from the bank, you need the key, you need the code. And the code is our personal effort. Our code is that we have a personal relationship with Hashem. To use an example, often in you know, Yiddish, they talk about yichus. You know what yichus is, right? So yichus is your, how do you say it? Predigy? 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 Predigy. Lineage? Well, it means lineage, but also you talk about uh, predigy, like where you come from. Yeah, it's lineage. Yeah, your lineage, your yichus. Pedigree. 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 Right. I have to see the word. So in Yiddish, there's a, a saying that Yichus is a lot of zeros. So what's $100 million? It's eight, uh, a million is six, seven, eight. Eight zeros. What's the one? What creates the actual million? My effort. My Aveda. My relationship with Hashem. And that's why Elekeinu comes before Elekei Avram, Elekei Yitzchak. Because first and foremost, we have to put our effort, the one before the eight zeros. All that we gain, the spiritual gifts that we have received from our forefathers, that our neshamas are so connected, can only be lit with Elekeinu when we forge ahead and make our own personal relationship with Hashem. Yes. Um, we have a question here. We don't have to get into this now because it's too off topic, but why did we not include the Imaot? Why we did not include the Imaot? I don't know right now, but I suspect that Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov are connected to Chesed, Gvur, and Tiferes, representing those three pathways. But needs a, a better answer. Okay. Then, just as a quick aside, uh, I don't know, we're short on time. Hmm. Great word from the Shlok. Okay. We don't have time. Um, Anivahu. 
So let's go ahead a little bit further because we're really short on time. Um, then we say, Hokel Hagodol Hagibor Vanera. Who is this God? We say, You are my God. You are the God of Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. And the great, mighty, and awesome God. Hokel Hagodol Hagibor Vahanera. Godol, great. Gibor, awesome. Vahanera, and exalted. One second. Sorry. The great, mighty, and awesome is how it's translated. Godol is great. Gibor is mighty. And Noira is awesome. So these three praises, why these three? And the answer is, as the Gemara discusses, there were prophets or great individuals who wanted to recite many more praises. And as the Gemara says, that's it? That's all? Hashem is infinite. Hashem is omnis, omniscient, omnipotent. So the Anshe Knesset said, okay, we can't really praise Hashem, but we want to praise Hashem. So we have to go to a precedent. And the precedent is that of Moshe Rabbeinu. And in your sources, let me see if I can find it. Um, it's Shemois Gimel, Peragimel, when Hashem is, when, uh, sorry, wrong, uh, When, Hashem, when Moshe Rabbeinu is speaking, it's Dvarim Yud. For those who don't have the notes, Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 17. Moshe Rabbeinu describes Hashem as Hokel Hagodol Hagibor Vanera. On page two in the middle. Oh, you have different, uh, sorry. No, no, no. It's, it's in the middle of Yuma Samachtes, Yuma 69b. It's quoted. Hokel Hagodol Hagibay Vanera. That Hashem is the great, mighty, and awesome. Again, Godol is Chesed, Avraham, because of the greatness of the, the love and the, the, the kindness that is bestowed was almost in an infinite fashion. Giboir is. Mighty, the idea of Gvura, which is Yitzchak. Vahanoira, and awesome, Yaakov recited when he came to Hara Maria, says, Manoira Hamakam is there. How awesome. I'm just actually not sure why Nora, Gibber, uh, Godel and Gibber is very clear that it's Chesed and Gvura. I'm not sure how Noira is awesome. I believe in Chesidus is connected to Rachamim. I'm not sure of the explanation there. But the idea is, we do not know how to praise Hashem. So we go to the precedent of Moshe, who was the greatest of all prophets. Now the Gemara in Yuma talks about Yirmiyahu saying, we need to drop Gibor. Because Nebuchadnezzar and his armies are desecrating the base of Migdash. Yirmiyahu, Jeremiah the prophet, towards the end of 
the time of the second temple. So he, when he called out to God, he dropped the word Gibor. Where is the awesome, the mighty God? And Daniel, after the destruction of the temple, remember Daniel was in the exile of Babylon, Babel? He dropped Noira. Because where's the awesomeness of Hashem if his children have been sent into exile? And then came along the Ansheik Nessus Akdoira. And in your notes, the whole story is here in Yuma. The Ansheik, and they, it says, Hechziro Atara Liyoshna. They returned the crown. And they said, no, 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 no. Yirmiyo, Jeremiah the prophet, and Daniel did not see or were aware of the true that even with the exile of the Jewish people and even with the destruction of the temple, Hashem is Hakel HaGodol HaGibay Vanayra. And they explain it at great length. But for example, we th there was a punishment. We had sinned. However, perhaps the people were supposed to be destroyed. And the wrath of Hashem was placed on the stones of the Beit HaMikdash. The Beit HaMikdash was destroyed, but the people were not destroyed. So Hashem controlled his gevura and allowed the true chesed that B'nai Yisrael should continue living. And in fact, the fact that we are able, and the Gemara already in the, in the time of the Gemara says the fact that there is a nation who is a small lamb among 70 wolves is able to survive. That is Noira, that is the awesome power of Hashem. And there's a sense of fear amongst the, all the nations of the world to totally destroy the Jewish people. And it's a unique historical phenomena for the Jewish people to survive because no other ancient nation has survived. So this is elaborated in the Gemara in Yuma. Now, we, we need to conclude. So I'll just mention one more idea. And that is that the, the bracha ends, Baruch Hashem Mogen Avraham. Blessed be you, Hashem, the shield of Avraham. In other words, we only mention Avraham. Now, usually a blessing is a summary of the main theme of the blessing. It's a summation. So the concluding blessing really should say, Baruch Hashem Mogen, Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. But we only mention Avraham. So in your source sheets, if you look in Bereshis, right at the end, chapter 12, verse 2, it says, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you shall be a blessing. And Rashi says, 
And Rashi says in the second Pirush that uh, our, um, Rashi explained the Eschologai Godol refers to Avram. Vavarecha, bless you, refers to Yitchak. Vagadla Shmecha, make your name great, that refers to Yaakov. The Ye Baruch, and you will be a blessing. The Medrash says, Rashi brings it down. We will conclude the blessing of Mogin Avram with you and not with them. In other words, the conclusion of the blessing will only be with the name of Avram. Avram will be the primary blessing of Am Yisrael. And there's a beautiful explanation. I believe the Bnei Yisoscha says this vart. He says like this. With you, we will... What's chosbin? Chatima means a conclusion, right? Or a signature at the end, right? So at the end of generations, the generation before the, before the coming of Mashiach, we will conclude only with you, Avraham. Because at the time, at the end of days, before the, coming of, of, before the coming of Mashiach, the quality that we need most and the quality that will bring Mashiach is the quality of Avraham, of Chesed and Ava. The love between people, the Avat Yisrael, the Chesed and the Avraham being uh, the Achnasat Archim and everything that Avraham symbolized, the Chochosmin. With that, with the tzedakah and the chesed, that will bring Mashiach. Tzedakah mekareves segula. G'doy l'achnos esorchim, afilam mekabolos p'nei ashchina. V'chol chesmin. And what do we say? Mogen Avraham. The blessing is, we have the Yerusha. We have as an inheritance the quality of Avraham, that self, that dedication, that innate love for Hashem, that innate love for each other. So we ask Hashem, Mogen Avraham, you should shield that spark of godliness represented by Avraham, that innate relationship with Hashem. Hi. Koltov. Rabbi? Yes. Who was it that said that, that the quality of chesed will bring Mashiach? I believe it's the Bnei Yisoschar. I wanted to look it up before the class, but I didn't get a chance yet. But when I look it up, I'll find the source. I will send it to you, if I remember, hopefully. Lee Nader. Thank you. Bnei was a great Hasidic uh, Rebbe of the 1850s. What an era. <laughs> Gewalt. Have a great day. And Lag Boimer Sameach. Thank you. Thank you. Lag Boimer Sameach. All the best. How do I go? How do I leave here? Rukhmai, do you know how you leave? What do you mean? Uh, exit full screen? No. Uh, end meeting. End meeting? End meeting for all.